Is discipline a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing. Is there anything that happens that's of quality in life without discipline? I don't think so. And we're in a series now about discipline. A discipline that helps us to be the people that God has made us to be. And there's multiple forms of discipline. We've looked at the Word of God, reading the Word of God as a way of discipline. Last week, we had a great speaker, uh, Michael, and Michael came and he spoke about silence and solitude. Um, Just like we all need sleep, our souls also need something like that, in rest and in solitude and in silence, because we live in a crazy and a busy world. And in this world, we are seeking to find a place where we can have acceptance and love and joy and peace. And we're looking for purpose in this life. We're looking for a lot of things in this life. We're looking both on earth and even in the heavens, whether we're seeking to find life or to understand life. Uh, Today, as we talk about the discipline of prayer, I want you to think for just a moment of what that might be like in regards to hearing from God from heaven. Okay? So I want you to think about it for just a moment, that prayer is like hearing from God from heaven. Now, there's a place in um, New Mexico, and it's called the National Radio Astronomy Observatory. And they have something there with 27 humongous uh, radars, and it's called the Very Large Array. You know, so you would think that they could be more creative. But um, it's called the Very Large Array, and there's 27 of these huge satellites there, and they are pointed towards the heavens, and they are trying to pick up the faintest, the smallest signal so that they can create their pictures to show us what's happening in the heavens. And so this is a huge electronic observatory out in the middle of nowhere, so it would be nice and dark and clear, and that they would be able to try to hear something. And when they receive a signal, when they receive a signal, that signal is lighter than a snowflake hitting the ground. Okay? So, so the signal, that sensitivity that they can pick up is just humongous that they're able to do so much because they want to hear from heaven to have a picture of what life is about. Now we can look to God and he will speak to us. Not the ones who will tell us, oh, this is what the heavens are about but the one who made the heavens. And he will speak to us. And he will want us to speak to him. And he can hear every prayer, even the lightest prayer that might land in heaven like a snowflake. That God would care so much about us that he wants us to build this relationship of prayer so that we know that we can look to heaven. And God hears every prayer But also, we can look to heaven and hear God's voice. And so discipline in prayer is not just about telling God what we want all the time. But it's also about walking silently with God all day long, even when we're not talking. Even when he's not talking. That we're just together all the time. So the working definition of prayer for us today As prayer is a conversation and relationship with God. Prayer is a conversation 
and relationship with God. Would you look on the front of your bulletin and you see Luke 18, 1 through 8? Luke 18, 1 through 8. And uh, this is our scripture for today. Would you stand with me as I read it? Let's stand together honor of God's word. And you can, you can just follow along on this one. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about his justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Heavenly Father, as we look into your word right now, we pray, Lord, that you would open up the word to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are so dependent upon you for everything. And we pray that you would just open our hearts with joy this morning to know the wonders of prayer that you give to us and the hope and the joy that comes by knowing you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So as we look at this first verse, then Jesus told his disciples a parable, a story, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. The word always there means 24-7. 365, and on leap years, 366. That God says that we can always pray. Jesus is saying that we should always continually pray. Well, we all know that we're not able to keep talking for 24 straight hours. Neither are we able to stay awake usually for 24 straight hours and listening to somebody talk to us. It's about a relationship. It's about being connected to God all the time. And so prayer always requires, but it also deepens a relationship with God. So prayer requires that we know God and that we are close with him. And so when God calls us to pray, he doesn't do it out of guilt. He doesn't want us to do it, you know, because we have to. He wants us to want to. Like when I go away, and I don't go away all that often from home, but when I go away from home for a retreat or I have something to do, you know, my family wants me to call them when I'm away. They want me to call them back because they want to know how I'm doing. And they want to know that I want to know how they're doing, right? They want to be in relationship with me. So that phone call is like prayer, Right? That we're staying in connection with each other even though we don't see each other. And why? Not because we have to. Not because we feel guilty. But because we love each other and we want to know how each other are doing. Prayer is that kind of relationship. It's like God wants us to have a personal relationship with Him. Now, you can't take from somebody else's relationship 
and just get answers to prayer that way. All right? You need to have your own relationship with God. So, yes, it's good to tell other people that I have a prayer request. Would you pray for me? Okay, that's, that's good. But what really matters is that we personally have a heart to share our need with God. It's like this. You know, like, if my children come to me and they say, Daddy, um, would you give me some money so I could go out and spend some time with my friends? You know, I, I would probably say, well, where are you going? You know, and, and yes, and, and no. Okay, so here's some money. Go have a good time. Be safe, all right? But, you know, that would be totally different than if your kid came to me and said, hey, Pastor Curtis, would you give me some money so I could go out and hang out with my friends? Right? That'd be totally different. Like, you know, I would, I would, I'd say, well, yeah, Pastor, but, you know, I'm not God. And um, <laughs> you, you should go ask your parents for that, you know, right? See, so we each need a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. We each need to have our own relationship with Him so that when we come and we ask, we are part of His family. We are with Him. We are connected to Him. We're in love with Him, and He's in love with us. You have a verse there on your outline, John 15, uh, verse 7. It's on the the right-hand sidebar on the first page of our notes. So would you read that with me out loud? John 15, verse 7. Let's say it together. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Jesus is saying that the requirements to answer prayer is not just asking. The requirements for answered prayer is abiding. It's about being with God. And it sets the priority of prayer. So that prayer is not first about answers. Prayer is not first about trying to get what we ask for. Prayer is first about abiding. It's about being with God. It's about being connected to God. It's about this love relationship that he has with us. Now, and like every other relationship, It needs to grow. And we need to learn how to pray, just like we need to learn how to communicate, just like we need to learn about one another by sharing. So in Luke chapter 11, Jesus heard from the disciples, and the disciples had been watching him. The disciples didn't ask Jesus a lot of questions in the Bible, but this is one big one that they did ask. They said, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? Lord, Would you teach us how to pray? They must have seen how Jesus prayed. And they wanted to pray like him. So we have to learn how to pray. Finish these sentences with me, okay? So just say whatever comes to your mind. Say it out loud. Okay, so we learn to play an instrument by practicing, right? Okay, very good. So we learn to play an instrument by practicing. We just don't pick it up and suddenly know how to play it, right? Finish the sentence. We are able to run a marathon because we train, right? We're able to run a marathon because we train. You know, you just can't go out there and decide, I'm going to run a marathon and do it, right? You have to work at it. Finish this last sentence for me. We, we learn to read by reading. We learn to read by reading. Now, the, all these things are true of prayer. We learn to pray by practicing. We learn to pray by training. 
in prayer. And that's spending time. That's the discipline, the training part. That's the discipline. We have to set time aside. And we learn to pray by praying. We learn to pray by talking to God. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Jesus replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. What Jesus is saying is that all you need is just a small mustard seed of faith. Just the smallest desire to pray, and God will hear that prayer and grow that prayer and do powerful things through that prayer. So God wants us to know that in this relationship, he's the one answering the prayer, right? And he's the all-powerful one. And so all we need is to be on his side and ask him. Even the smallest amount of prayer, learning to pray, is so important. Now, as we learn to pray, we have to persevere in prayer. Okay, we have to persevere in prayer. Um, look at verses 2 through 6. I'm going to read them, and you can follow along. And Jesus said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out where they're coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Right? Now, he tells them to listen to what the unjust judge says because this is going to teach us about something about prayer. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But one of the things we see is Jesus is now continuing to show how we are to persist in prayer. And it's going to be like this woman persists in prayer. Now, when we think of prayer, okay, I think many times we think of prayer as sort of like when we're desperate, right? You know, we're desperate prayers. Like the Hail Mary pass, right? You know, sort of the end of the game if you're familiar to football, right? You know, that it's the last play. There's one second left in the game. You know, they're on their own one-yard line, and they've got to go 99 yards, and so they send everybody out that they can, and the quarterback throws the ball, and it's called a Hail Mary pass, right? Or sometimes during the game, the quarterback's being chased, and he's running around for his life, and suddenly he just throws it up, and the announcer says, oh, he's throwing up a prayer, right? Right. We're not throwing footballs to God. We're not always desperate in a situation. God wants us to pray and to be persistent in prayer, not just when we're desperate, but even when we have a prayer that we've been praying for a long time. God wants us to persist. He wants us to persist, and he wants us to know that he will help us to overcome our adversaries. Our adversaries. See, that's what the widow wanted. The widow wanted the judge to rule in her favor. She knew she was right. She knew that if she went to a judge, she would be proven to be true. And so she was being accosted, or she was being abused, or she was being hassled by people who shouldn't be doing that because she was in the right, but it was because she was a widow. They were trying to take advantage of her. And the widow represents the weakest and the most needy of people in this parable. And that can be you, and that can be I. 
But that widow is continually persisting and shaking up the doors of that judge's house, and she is knocking and knocking and knocking. And now we listen to what this unjust judge says. And he says, man, you know, I don't really care about God, and I don't really care about her, but, man, she is wearing me out. Now, the word wearing me out can actually also be translated driving me crazy. Right? And one translation, New Living Translation, translated as driving me crazy. She's driving me crazy. And this word wearing me out, it, it actually comes from a term used in boxing where somebody can hit someone and give them a black eye. And so this woman, this widow, right, this, this lady, she is strong. And she is persistent. And she is mightier than that judge because she continues to persist so that she can have victory over her adversary. Now, you and I have adversaries in our lives. We also have adversities, similar things. And this word adversary is the exact same word that's used when it's talking about Satan. And the devil. Our adversary, the devil, who always is accusing us. And you and I have this adversary. And she had that adversary. And she was going to judge to try to get free from the bonds of what that guy or that woman wanted to do to her. God wants us to pray. Because persistence in prayer defeats our adversaries. Persistence in prayer defeats our adversaries. If we stop praying and we know that we still have the need, then then maybe what we're really saying is that need isn't all that big. Or I don't really believe God will answer it. But sometimes God waits. And he wants us to know how strong our faith is. And so he lets us persist. He lets us keep asking. He lets us continue to wait. But he wants us to be like this woman and to be determined. God never gets tired of hearing your voice. I know as a parent, sometimes we get tired of hearing our children's voices. Always asking questions, always talking. I just need a break. But God's not like that. God never gets tired of hearing your voice. You can ask him for anything, right? Ask him for anything. Now, he's going to only answer the wise wise way, but you can ask him for anything. But in this parable, God wants us to know that he will overcome our adversary. So, So I wonder, what? think about it right now. What adversities are you facing? Are you praying about it? Are you being persistent? God will overcome it. Is there a sin that's in your life, a temptation that you keep giving into? Pray. Keep praying. Ask God, God, I don't want to do this. Help me not to do this. I don't want to do this. Forgive me. Is there an enemy in your life? Pray them. Pray them away. Is there a worry in your life? Pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. With prayer, seek God. God wants us to pray so that we know that our adversary is overcome.
This picture up here is a picture uh, by an artist named Ron Biasini. And, and right after Gabriel was born, Carol bought this picture and gave it to me because she wanted me to be like that man in this picture. Now, it may be a little bit hard for you to see the details of the picture, uh, but there's a man there praying his, his hands, one hand's on the bed, okay, and there's a little boy on the bed, his other hand's on his forehead, and he's praying for his little boy, and his little boy's holding a teddy bear, right? And you can see there's light coming in into the room, shining over him, and if you just sort of look at the window, he actually drew a cross in the window, and you can see that there. And in behind, and it's really hard to see in this, but there's an angel. And the back of the angel is to the window. So the angel's outside that window, looking away from the window, doing this. He's keeping out evil. If this man is praying, and the title of this picture is called Spiritual Warfare. It's not called prayer. And God wants us to know that it's through prayer that the spiritual warfare that we face all the time is one. And that our victory comes by God and not by our effort. And so he wants us to persist and never give up. No matter what we're struggling with, to keep praying about it. No matter how we fail, to keep getting up. God wants us to be prayers. God wants us to be people who pray. Now, let's look at the last two verses. Verses 7 and 8. And now we're going to see what Jesus is talking about. Like, why would Jesus use an unjust judge to talk about God? But here he says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith on earth? Jesus wants to know if we're going to be praying when he returns. Jesus wants us to be praying and actively seeking after him throughout our lives. So when we talk about the second coming of Jesus, we think Jesus is going to return. He's going to redeem the world and turn it into a new world. He's going to change a new heaven and a new earth. But we pray for that. We want the Lord to come. We want sin to end. We want righteousness to reign. But up until that time, he wants us to be praying. He wants us to have faith. And what is this faith? Now that's where the judge comes in. See, because if this unjust judge would answer this woman's request, then how much more will the judge of the universe who loves us answer our request? There are two things that this woman wanted out of a judge. And that unjust judge didn't have them. One was the fear of God or a regard for justice. He didn't have that. Or caring for people. And he said himself, I don't care about people. But God, on the other hand, is a just judge. God is a God of justice and care. He loves us. And he wants us to believe him. So when we are praying people, we are prayers. And God wants to be prayers who believe God. Not just believe in God, but believe God. He wants us to believe God is just, 
He wants us to believe God is caring. And he wants us, Jesus says he's going to answer quickly. He wants us to believe that God is answering our prayers the moment we begin to say them. Now, when I, when I read this verse, I wonder, quickly, you know, why does Jesus use the word quickly? You know, so we pray for something and we need something and it seems like it doesn't happen. So what does Jesus mean by, it seems to me, I wish Jesus had instead put the word, you know, he will answer your prayers eventually. Okay. That would have been good. That's easier for a preacher to, to talk about. You know, like, okay, someday God's going to answer your prayer. You know, or ultimately, you know, Jesus could have said, ultimately, you know, I, I'm going to answer your prayers. Again, that'd be easier to talk about. But Jesus says, quickly. You know, when, when I'm pretty sure that the people who heard Jesus are just like us, and, you know, quickly means quickly, right? You know, he's like, right now, hurry. You know, I got to get it, quickly. Why does Jesus do stuff like that? It, it can be very frustrating, right? In, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, and Jesus does the same thing, right? And um, you have that verse there on the right-hand side of your sideboard. Would you read it with me? Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Okay. Let's say it together. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And Jesus says, just ask, you'll get it. Just seek, you'll find it. Just knock, the door will be open for you. Right now, right? You don't knock on the door and then the person inside says, hey, I'll be right there. And, and you're there and you're waiting for, you know, like 10 minutes. And you knock on the door and the, the person inside goes, don't worry, I'll, I'll be right there. And you can keep doing that. And, you know, the person, eventually you're going to leave, right? And Jesus says, no, you knock on the door. I'm going to answer it right now. And you go, Jesus, why, why do you say that? But when you think about what we've already read in this parable, what's Jesus' main point? It's he wants us to be persevering in prayer. So if we have to persevere in prayer, that means he doesn't answer it the way we want right away, right? Because if he answered it right away, we wouldn't have to persevere. We wouldn't have to keep going. And then Jesus wants us to have faith. He wants us to believe God. And so I believe that the reason why Jesus tells us he's going to answer our prayers right away is that he's beginning to answer our prayers right away. He's doing it. The moment you say a prayer, he goes into action. And he begins to answer that prayer. But we may not see the final result of that prayer for some time. Jesus creates a tension in our lives so that we want to continue to seek him. I mean, you know, if your kid came to you every time and you gave it to him right away every time, that kid would be spoiled and never learn responsibility. But you withhold things from your children on purpose. You don't give certain things to your children on purpose because you know it's not good for them. And God doesn't want to give anything that's not good for us. When we pray, God wants us to know that, yes, he is answering quickly, but he also wants us to know that no is also an answer to prayer. And wait is also an answer to prayer. God never throws in the trash bin your prayers, right? You know, let's say your prayers like emails and you read, oh, I don't want to do that one, and throws in the trash bin, right? God never throws away a prayer. The moment you pray it, he begins to answer it. 
Now, you may be asking for something really stupid, all right? But he still will begin to answer the prayer. He's not going to give you the, you know, the house up in Beverly Hills with, you know, a waiter and, and all of the accoutrements of, of being a billionaire. You know, he's not going to do that right away, you know. Or he's not going to do that at all. But he's going to begin to work in your heart so that you want to be a person not like that, but a person who gives and a person who, who wants to give more than wants to receive. So every time you pray, God begins to work in your heart right away. He loves us and he cares about us and he's compassionate towards us and he's passionate about us. Hebrews 4, 16. You have that verse there on your outline. Would you read it with me? Hebrews 4, 16. Let's say it together. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God is a merciful God. God is a God of grace. And he wants us to come with confidence. He wants us to come and continue to be faithful for the rest of our lives. John Piper, a pastor and writer, says this, Unless I am badly mistaken, one of the main reasons so many of God's children don't have a significant prayer life is not so much that we don't want to, but that we don't plan to. That's a great statement. I think we do want to pray. If we're a believer, we do want to pray. And we do want God to answer our prayers. But we have to plan to pray. We have to plan to pray. Even if that means putting it into your calendar, or putting it on your iPhone or your, your phone, or putting it on your calendar in some way, that you know that every day there's a time you're going to pray. You're going to plan to pray so that you can live God's plan. Because we are seeking God's will. We are seeking to become more like Jesus who prayed. We must plan to pray so that we can know and live God's plan. You know, every week, Harvest has at least three, um, every year, or I don't know how to describe it, but Every week you can pray, all right? But every week we can pray together with somebody at Harvest. All weeks. All 52 weeks. Every Wednesday, except when we have prayer fellowship, we have prayer circle. So every Wednesday we have a prayer circle. And this is open to everyone. And if you've never gone to prayer circle, then you're missing out. And prayer circle is just a time, you know, at the end of the, the service we ask you if we have any prayer requests. Well, that's when we cover those prayer requests. But it'd be better for you to come and bring that prayer request too. Now we will pray for it, even if you're not there. But God wants us to come together to pray. And so we have the prayer circle. And then we have a prayer fellowship about every other month. And during the prayer fellowship, we pray for specific needs in the church body. Like with the last prayer fellowship, we were praying you know, for the church building campaign. And so we got together to pray that God would prepare us for, for that as we were working toward building a house for God. So the prayer fellowships are for specific things that affect the whole body of the church. And then we also have every Sunday morning, we have prayer at 
and we just meet in the, the room right over just outside this door, and we just pray for about 10, 15 minutes. We meet at 9.30. We share prayer requests. We pray for the Sunday service. And I know that each of you could come to one of those. And it would be a blessing to you. God will answer our prayers. He wants us to pray. He wants us to seek His face. There are applications for it every day. Like right now, I'm praying that I could figure out this thing on my ear. It just keeps bothering me. Right? I'm sorry I keep pulling it. It keeps wanting to fall off. Right? But God wants us to pray every day. And, and there is a discipline that we can have in prayer. And so if you look on the last page of your outline, experiencing the spiritual discipline of prayer. First of all, we have to set aside a specific time to pray. Right? I want to encourage you just to fill in the blank right now. The time I will pray. What's the best time of your day for at least five minutes? Is there, there a time of your day where you could pause for five minutes and pray? It might be at work. might be while you're driving. right? might be when you're at home. But where is five minutes at a specific time of the day you can pray? I, I don't know if this gives you enough time to write it down, but if, if you thought of it, write it down. Now, if you're just going to spend that time in prayer, here's one way you can do it. You can follow the, um, the ac- acronym and the acrostic of ACTS. All right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. In five minutes, you can cover that. You can read about that there, what those, what those mean. But maybe you want to add that five minutes to your time of Bible reading. And so you can do the next exercise, number three. Just what was really meaningful in what you read? And as you meditated upon it, what did God put into your heart? And then you can pray for those five minutes and talk to God about what you've learned in his word. And then just sit for just a moment and believe God. Don't just believe in God. Believe God is answering your prayer right now. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe God can bring spiritual revival to Harvest Community Church? Do you believe God can? Okay. Do you believe God can provide a new facility for Harvest Community Church? You believe God can? Okay. Whenever we say we believe God can, we're saying I believe in God. We're saying, I believe in God. Okay, we're not saying, I believe God. So, because Jesus doesn't say, you know, to seek God's cans, right? He tells us to seek God's will. Now, we know God can do anything. But God wants us to seek his will. So let me ask you this question again. Do you believe God will bring revival to harvest? Then you believe God. Do you believe God will provide harvest a church building? Then you believe God. It's not what about it's not about what God can do. It's about God's will. And his will is what he will do. And that's what we need to see. And I want us to experience this right now for just a moment. Um, in just a moment, I'm going to ask those of you who are willing to pray out loud in a small circle. So we're just going to form some small circles here um, in, the, in the auditorium just for a few minutes. 
I'm going to ask you to, to raise your hand or stand up and let me know you're willing to pray. But there's three things I'm going to ask you to pray about in that short time. One is I want you to pray for VBS as it's coming up this week. Pray that God will really use VBS to change the lives of children and families, especially those who don't yet know Jesus. And then I want you to pray for revival in Harvest Community Church. And then I want you to pray that God will provide us a building. I want you to pray that God provide us a building. And, and this thought just actually comes to my mind right now. I want you to pray that he'll provide the building by the end of this year. That God will. I want you to pray that God will provide us a building. That doesn't mean necessarily that we're in it, but that we know we have the building and that we're getting ready to move into it. Now, um, if you're willing to pray out loud, would you stand up? If you're willing to pray out loud, would you, would you stand up wherever you are? That, that you're just going to make little, little circles, okay? So um, it doesn't mean that you're going to pray out loud here, okay? Anybody else willing to pray out loud? Okay, stand up if you're willing to pray out loud. Anyone else? Okay, there's some more. All right. Anyone else? Okay, so look for somebody who's standing up, all right, and join them. Just, 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 just get up right now. Everybody get up. Look for somebody who is standing up and stand with them, all right, and, and just form a little circle. Or those of you, you know, raise your hand if you're willing to pray. Raise your hand if you're willing to pray out loud so that you're in a group. You've got to have at least somebody willing to pray out loud, all right? Otherwise, your time's going to be really boring. Just anywhere, all right? Anywhere. Everybody in a, in a group now with somebody's wind pray out loud? Okay. All right? Now, if there's um, more people in your group who are willing to pray out now in their small circle, maybe it's easier. Maybe somebody who didn't stand up will want to pray. But I want to give you three minutes to pray for those three things. Vacation Bible School. Revival and harvest, and a new building for Harvest Community Church. Let us pray.